Well, I'm Paul Mackey, and welcome back to the newly revived One Digit's Thoughts On podcast. Today I'll be presenting another Digest episode. After Dog Days 2022, when I presented my thoughts on that 80s show, some podcast fiction, and other random stuff, I went one episode deep with the long recap method I mentioned last episode, and then failed to regroup a concept for quite a while. This past spring, I came up with a new plan, but was confronted with first some difficulty accessing our FTP, and subsequently, I was unable to post individual episodes. These troubles continued into the summer, and when it came down to the last part of July, I had a choice to make. Stop trying, find a new podcast provider and start over, or release via an alternative platform. So... I chose YouTube for Dog Days of Podcasting 2023. YouTube has a product of sorts they are calling a podcast feature. You can publish episodes into an ordered list. That's it. Uh, You can't then make an RSS feed and publish anywhere else podcasts are traditionally available, so the only way anyone listened to my YouTube episodes was either by stumbling randomly upon them or by my reminders at the Dog Days of Podcasting Facebook group. I knew it was a temporary solution, so I did not make great efforts to tell the world where the show was continuing. During Dog Days of Podcasting 2023, I started reviewing episodes of three shows. Classic detective show, The Rockford Files, a more recent animated series called Gravity Falls, and a single-season Canadian series called Men with Brooms, based on the film of the same name. We had looked at the film between the seasons of the Ghostlight podcast. YouTube showed that I had a lot of traffic on episodes of The Rockford Files starting out, but mainly I believe the listeners made their way over from Facebook. When Dog Days ended, the next couple episodes languished with zero and one viewer for days, and I knew the next step to bring us to today had to happen. So again, I thank Nimlas Studios and Nutty for allowing me this platform to continue the podcast from a traditional feed. This digest is for a series called Men with Brooms. After I did that 80s show last year, I thought I wasn't going to do another sitcom, but little did I know this series was in fact a workplace sitcom. Back when I was producing the Ghostlight podcast, we watched the movie of the same title, a sports comedy about curling. I had the DVDs of this complete one-season series, and I wanted my third slot in the viewing rotation to be taken up by shorter runs of episodes. I'm sure I say that all again in the actual episode content, so I'll release you to the guidance of me from the past. Hi there, I'm Paul Mackey, and I'm an idiot who likes Canada. A lot. The next show I'll be starting is the TV series version of the sports comedy Men With Brooms. I'm not sure if anyone is listening who also listened to the Ghostlight podcast and intro cast for the TV series Slings and Arrows, but if you did, you'd know that we covered that film between seasons. It's a movie about the sport of curling, and it's very Canadian, complete with cast members Paul Gross and the late Leslie Nielsen, among others. The film was also written and directed by Paul Gross. I got the DVD box set a while back for the TV series, but I have yet to crack the shrink wrap. Hopefully that wasn't a mistake. I know that back when I got my box set of Wonderfalls, there were two of Disc 2 and no Disc 1. Got that fixed eventually. I have tried not to read too much about this series, but I gather that Gross is back as Chris Cutter sometime after the events of the movie. I don't think that Chris Cutter plays a major role, but Paul Gross is the executive producer. I'll be curious what, if anything, this series says about Cutter's love interest Amy Foley, as I'm sure they did not get Molly Parker back for this series, as she went on to roles on Deadwood and House of Cards, among many others. I suppose it's also possible they may have recast her role. 
This series was produced in 2010, eight years after the original film, and is still set in fictional Long Bay, Ontario. Though, apparently, instead of filming in Ontario as they did for the film, they instead shot this in Winnipeg. There probably won't be anything showing that it is clearly Winnipeg as it is a stand-in for a small Ontario town. There are 12 episodes of the show, and like that 80s show, it was a one and done. Well, I've opened the set and it appears that both discs are included, so I'm going to play the first episode. The title of this pilot, like any good television pilot, is Pilot. It aired October 4th, 2010 on CBC Television. Alright, this category I'm calling, what is this a boot? I had to. Canadians I know who do not say a boot, notwithstanding. The pilot has three major plot threads. Gary has a date with April, the newly hired accountant at his workplace, and he takes her to curling for the first date. Meanwhile, Matt convinces Pramesh he should shun vegetarianism and join in eating the award when they win the meat spiel. Lastly, club manager Bill wants to assert his presence at the club, and tries to do so by removing Chris Cutter's photo from the trophy case, along with generally bossing around bartender Tannis. Next category is called Does It Curl? Okay, I had to come up with a name for this heading, but it's basically how much curling terminology is involved. So, in answer this time, heck yeah, it does curl. There's a running joke about how the ice is called a sheet, the team is called a rink, and the building is a club. And they're playing in a meat spiel. I'm far from a curling expert, though my dad was in the St. Paul Curling Club for many years, and my son has been curling at Duluth Curling Club for a bit over a year. A curling tournament is called a bond spiel, and sometimes they're just named for their host club location. Sometimes they get a bit creative. Last year, my son curled in the Two Harbors waffle spiel. They didn't win waffles, but there were waffle breakfasts before each day of the event. Next one, I'm calling... That's clearly Canadian. And that heading's funny, depending on how old you are. I didn't notice anything that was solely Canadian to point to, aside from the setting and national flags and Paul Gross. But the series does feel very Canadian in general to me. Favorite lines? So, is that a religious thing? What? Well, I thought it might be because you're, uh... Brown. No, I was going to say a different way of saying... Brown. All right, the who is section. We'll go with Paul Gross. I'm going to get this out of the way right off the bat and then dig deeper into cast and crew in following episodes. The first time I and many others took notice of Paul Gross was in the CBC-CBS joint-produced show Due South from 1994 to 1999. He was the lead actor and over the course of the series evolved into a writer and eventually executive producer. Not too long after that series ended, he performed as Hamlet at the Stratford Theatre Festival in the year 2000. In 2002, he wrote and directed the movie version of Men With Brooms. Then, from 2003 to 2006, he starred in the television series Slings and Arrows. The three seasons of Slings and Arrows are some of the best television I have ever seen. I'll resist the urge to go in-depth and instead point out, once more, the Ghostlight podcast, where Ben Pfeiffer... Amy Bowen, my lovely wife Darcy, and I went into full detail episode by episode. He went back into film in 2008 in the World War I film Passchendaele, where he was writer, director, actor, and producer. He's also appeared in the film Gunless and had a recurring role on Republic of Doyle, which I may consider sharing my thoughts on in the future. Paul Gross is currently starring as King Lear this season at the Stratford Festival. 
What worked? I don't know if Paul Gross will be an omniscient narrator for the entire series, but I enjoyed the devices employed in the pilot. I'm sure it wasn't for everyone, but the sequence where he interjected the subtext of each sentence as an exchange between Gary and April about their upcoming date was clever. So bringing back the category from that 80s show, Why Did It Suck, feels a bit mean. This is a Canadian series, after all, produced by the CBC, so unless it ends in a cliffhanger, I'm sure they were going for one season, the second one being a bonus that just didn't end up happening. So I'm going with the slightly milder, so what's the problem with that, eh? In the pilot, one thing that stood out for me was I had a hard time differentiating between Gary and Matt. Uh, you know, maybe one of them could start wearing a puka shell necklace? Also, the name Gary. Way back in the 1980s, I felt like Gary was the name of at least a 35-year-old. But, you know, John Hughes had a Gary in Weird Science. Are there a lot of stealth Garys out there that I never encountered? There's nothing wrong with the name, and no offense to any Garys out there as intended. So that's pilot episode of Men With Brooms. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts, and I will return soon with the next episode, Big Changes. Happy hunting! Is a donut shop clearly Canadian? I mean, not really, but still kind of is, right? Here we go with Men With Brooms, Episode 2. This episode is called Big Changes. It's second on the DVD, but according to IMDb, it aired 6th on November 2nd, 2010. I guess Fox Television isn't the only network to choose somewhat random airing orders. So what is this about? Gary is shown to be generally a slacker at work. April is working on a report for Joan, the boss, who Gary overhears saying she is expecting big changes. Gary tries to appear useful and unfireable and also tries to get April to reveal what her report is about. Meanwhile, Pramesh has decided he wants to help Ronnie with the books, and ultimately she feels the books are her thing that he's trying to take over. With Gary showing up April with Joan and Ronnie feeling supplanted, both women decide to try to take over at curling, with mixed results. Bill didn't order coasters for the club, and Tannis is giving him a hard time about that. And they're Germans. Does it curl? Uh, sort of. There's curling, and there's throwing rocks, too but there's not really what you would call a curling sequence. That's clearly Canadian. The GST is brought up by April to indicate the age of Gary's paperwork. I remember when the GST was 7%. The goods and services tax in Canada was introduced in 1991 at 7% and was first reduced from that rate in 2006. This means in 2010, when this aired, Gary's paperwork was at least four years old. All right, my favorite line. This person. I need a printout of last week's overstock. If you have time. Oh, uh, sure. Whoops. Probably shouldn't have this game open. Or that one. Or these. Wow, someone is really into solitaire. Ah, here we go. Overstock. All right, who is? Paul Mather is the creator of this series, based obviously on the original film by Paul Gross. He's also an executive producer and writer on the show. He has a good track record in Canadian television, writing and producing on shows like Corner Gas, Little Mosque on the Prairie, and Men with Brooms, and he has also written and produced for The Michael J. Fox Show and Powerless, which was billed as DC's first sitcom. What worked? 
It's a small bit, but I liked the recurring Germans gag. I'm not sure if it was clear last time, but I was mostly joking about telling the two guys apart. It was mostly for that puka shell necklace gag. In any case, the characters are getting further differentiated in this episode, so any of that fraction of truth in my joke is getting smaller. I also appreciate that Paul Gross continues off-screen as the narrator. Uh, So what's the problem with that, eh? I really didn't like the mid-episode reveal of the denouement of the big changes at the workplace. It made the new chairs reveal disappointing both times. So next time up is the episode Quitting Time. Ideally, it won't be like the prequel story for really big things, but what are the odds of seeing projectile vomiting on network television, right? Happy hunting! Just how much of a report can an accountant write about getting new office chairs? Men with Brooms, Episode 3, Quitting Time. So what's this about? Matt, Gary, and April have a pact going in which they all quit Diet Pop, something I've cut way back on myself, but not cold turkey. Mostly cold Coke Zero. Mmm. Sweet Z. Anyway, they are gradually falling off the wagon amusing ways. Meanwhile, Bill is slacking on building maintenance at the club to Tannis' chagrin when Pramesh slips and falls on the wet ice, resulting in a viral comedy video, followed by Bill's fear of a lawsuit. Does it curl? Eh, not too much. I mean, there are scenes at the curling club, and scenes on the ice, and even like a very brief failure to sweep on the part of their substitute curler, but not too much. So it's not too much of a curl, but that's clearly Canadian. Has several things in this category this time. First up, back on the Ghostlight podcast, I pointed out that there are stick-like crullers and French crullers, that if you go randomly asking for a cruller, you won't know what you might get. I also poked fun at Don McKellar, or at least his character Darren, for calling it a cruller. But lo and behold, there are people who call it that, and it wasn't just a Darren Nichols affectation. But who can blame me for thinking that? I have no idea how widely the toonie is known among random Americans, so I'll be brief. The Canadian dollar coin was introduced in 1987 with Queen Elizabeth II on the obverse side and the common loon on the reverse. It gained the nickname of a loonie. Canada dropped the $1 paper note in 1989, and then in 1996 they stopped using the $2 bill, which was much more common in circulation in Canada, and replaced it with a $2 coin that rapidly became known as a toonie. My favorite line? Could these chairs be any more uncomfortable? Yeah, they're like butt knives! Yeah, I'd like to stab this day with a butt knife. Alright, who is? Rob Sheridan was one of the writers on this episode. He's written on a number of other shows, starting with 77 episodes of The Red Green Show. Uh, Along with Paul Mather from last time, he also wrote on Corner Gas before Men with Brooms. He's also written on shows like Mad Love, Two Broke Girls, and Impastor. What worked? There were plenty of amusing bits, but my favorite was Gary committing to his lie about a coffee cup full of tequila being mistaken for asking for Diet Cola especially because the cup that Tannis poured tequila into was significantly larger than the cola one. So what's the problem with that, eh? Well, not every episode has to be about curling, but aside from the incidental location of the curling club, there really wasn't very much curling about it. I realize that 
Cheers was set in a bar, and the plot was almost never about drinking, but based on the movie of Men with Brooms, I expect a little more curling. Next time. The next episode is called Favor Math. And yes, there's a U in favor. Happy hunting! Uh, So Fox bought a bag of Lay's ketchup chips last month when we were in Winnipeg. I'm hoping those were the lowest form of ketchup chips. Are there any better ones out there? Today we'll be looking at Men with Brooms, Episode 4, Favor Math, which aired October 25th of 2010. What's a saboot? April did Gary's taxes, three returns, and he owes her big time. Matt and Gary help her move to a new place, but Gary breaks her teapot, and it becomes a cascading series of bad moves on Gary's part. After an article gets Bill's age wrong, he tries to prove his youthfulness and begins to feel old. And Pramesh feels like an employee instead of a co-owner with Rani, partially due to prodding from a part-time employee. Does it curl? Nope. They almost agree to practice in the cold open, and Bill somehow gets an article written about him, running the club in the paper. But that's about it. The That's Clearly Canadian and Who Is segments are on vacation in honor of my lovely wife Darcy's birthday. I'm spending more time with her today and less writing and recording. My favorite lines. It looks better when you face the jelly holes the other way. Ew. I never noticed that part. Yeah, I always face the jelly holes away from the customers. Jelly holes are gross. Let's not say jelly holes anymore. Ah, we need diapers for these things. So what worked? The basic premise was okay, and Gary's missteps seemed believable. It was fun having Matt play an agent of chaos in the whole thing. And so what's the problem with that, eh? The Pramesh and Bill B. plots were complete stories, I guess, but they failed to hold my interest. And the bit with the sound effect text alerts wasn't great and repeated too often for such a short show. Next time is an episode called Sweet Victory. I'd love to think that there will be curling involved, but it could just as easily be about the donut shop, right? Happy hunting! So... No one's paying attention to all the boyfriend-level activities Gary and April are doing. Soap-making, doily shopping. Well, besides April, right? This will be episode 5 of Men With Brooms, Sweet Victory, and it originally aired November 1st of 2010. What is this a boot? The main plot is about Gary's retired mother and her curling team, the Killjoys, trying to take his team's Tuesday ice time. The subplot is about April attempting to get a free donut even though she's lost her completed loyalty card. There's some spillover from the subplot that has Matt working the graveyard shift because Matt sided with Ronnie in the donut dispute. Does it curl? Heck yeah, there's a real curling sequence. Impressive, as there's only 22 minutes or so in an episode. There's terminology and action all throughout the episode. That's clearly Canadian. Caesars, the cocktail, are consumed in mass quantity by all the Killjoys in this episode. While superficially similar in appearance to a Bloody Mary, they are almost exclusively Canadian. The Wikipedia points out other cocktails on both sides of the border that predate the Caesar and share similarities, but in the interest of brevity, the modern Caesar was invented in Toronto, Ontario by restaurant manager Walter Schell at the local Calgary Inn. 
The Caesar is a mix of vodka, tomato juice, clam juice, Worcestershire sauce, and spices in a celery salt-rimmed glass with celery stalk and lime wedge garnishes. My favorite lines. She's testing you. You need to set boundaries. I think that's for teenagers. Same thing for old people. You just don't like strong women. That's not true. For all you know, maybe I just don't like old people. Or all women. That's true. He could have any number of prejudices. Thank you, Gary. Who is? Glenda Braganza. Glenda plays Ronnie. She's the first generation of her family born in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and is of Goan descent. Glenda has appeared in a large number of films and shows popular in Canada and around the world. It looks as though Men with Brooms hit before her big break, as it represents another role on a one-season series, right? Two years later, she played Dr. Melinda Tolliver in 39 episodes of Saving Hope. She's also appeared in American Gothic, Degrassi Next Class, Designated Survivor, Orphan Black, Schitt's Creek, and Grey's Anatomy. What worked? I really appreciated that they took the bulk of the episode to deal with the A-plot and kept track of the B-plot without mixing in any additional storyline. So what's the problem with that, eh? Well, prior accomplishments aside, the B-plot was really thin. Next time that we visit Long Bay to see what's going on with men with brooms, it's the episode Death of the Birth Tree, which originally aired second. Now we're back to men with brooms. This episode was called Death of the Birth Tree. It was sixth on the DVD, but aired second on October 11th, 2010. What is this about? While Gary is showing off the street he grew up on to April, they witness the city cutting down a tree Gary's dad planted on the day he was born. Meanwhile, Prabesh challenges Bill to a complicated tabletop game, and Tannis is attempting to meditate to improve her luck, but she's convinced that Matt is stealing her luck. Does it curl? Uh, Pretty much no. There's a curling club, and Ronnie brings Pramesh his broom, but that's all barely counting for anything. That's clearly Canadian. I'm not sure if I need to say that the West Edmonton Mall is clearly Canadian, but it's definitely the most obviously Canadian thing in this episode. If you aren't aware, it is the second largest shopping mall in North America, after the Mall of America, where I once worked selling rotisserie chicken. Both were built and are operated by the Triple Five Group, which is basically the Gourmazian family. I visited the West Edmonton Mall in the mid-80s when I was about 12, and my memories of it are bigger than the experience of the Mall of America, but that's just perhaps an example of boyhood enthusiasm versus jaded adulthood. And my favorite lines? That's twice he stole my good luck. No remorse. Well, if it takes an empty mind, Matt is pretty hard to beat. Who is? Alia O'Brien plays Tannis. Alia has been working in film and television since 2007, and mostly has had steady experience with single-episode performances like Eureka, Psych, Smallville, Sanctuary, and two separate roles in two episodes of Supernatural, in episodes I haven't seen yet, so I didn't look into them at all. However, she has had a number of recurring and series regular roles alongside Men With Brooms, shows like Rookie Blue, Bates Motel, Legends of Tomorrow, and Family Law. I was a bit confused about Family Law, so I went down a Family Law rabbit hole. I'm going to try to explain. There was an American Family Law created by Paul Haggis, a Canadian who also created Due South, among many other shows and movies. The American Family Law aired on CBS through 2022. 
Then there was a Canadian family law created by Susan Nielsen, airing originally in Italy and Canada beginning in 2021, though it also aired in the U.S. on the CW beginning in 2022, with the second season beginning on July 7th of this year. And it is still in production. Neither show is based on the other, they just share a title. The American one starred Kathleen Quinlan, Dixie Carter, and Tony Danza. The Canadian one stars Jewel State, Lauren Hawley, and Victor Garber. And Aaliyah O'Brien was on the Canadian version. There's also an Australian show called The Family Law, but I didn't dig into that one. What worked? I actually liked the tiny C-plot in which Tannis thinks Matt is stealing her luck, and I liked the B-plot reveal that Ronnie always beats Pramesh at the board game, and that's why he really wanted to play with Bill, and even that isn't going his way. And then, so what's the problem with that, eh? I'm not sure if I agree with the CBC about the placement of this episode second in the airing sequence. Gary and April had one date, and now April suddenly wants to do all these things for sad Gary? It works better in the sixth position, as they are still relatively new together, so Gary showing her the town still makes sense, but some of the interactions, as mentioned earlier, fit better with them having known each other for what we might assume is at least a month and a half to two months. Either way, though, April's unbelievably over-the-top sympathy and Gary milking it are super uncomfortable to the point of not being funny. Next time is the episode Wedding Nells, which sounds like an episode from season two or three, except those don't exist for this series. Happy hunting! Do pine beetles even infest deciduous trees? Because that ain't a pie. This episode is called Wedding Nells, and it first aired November 29th, 2010 on CBC. What is this a boot? April tells Gary she has her cousin's wedding coming up, and he panics, thinking she will ask him to be her date. So he works as hard as he can to find ways to appear unappealing. Bill gets a punch sensor game at the bar, but cannot get it to register anything but you are a girl when he hits it. Pramesh tries punching it and gets tough guy, but then he becomes convinced he has snapped in an angry outburst. Matt winds up getting invited to the wedding, and Joan, the boss, begins to believe Gary is an alcoholic like she is. Does it curl? There is some actual curling. Well, mostly arguing while they're on the sheet, but still more than some of these episodes. That's clearly Canadian category. Uh, I already hit the toonie. I'm not sure there's anything else obvious this time around. My favorite lines. Oh, a machine. What does it do? So far as I can tell, it takes your money and then it calls you a girl. (laughs) Yeah, I had some friends like that in high school. They weren't your friends, honey. (laughs) And now, who is? Brendan Gall plays Gary. He's also done a lot of one-shot appearances, mostly in Canadian shows like Murdoch Mysteries or Flashpoint. In the U.S., he's appeared in Covert Affairs and Stargate Atlantis. Before his recent appearance on Hulu's Hardy Boys reboot, he appears to have taken some time off acting and worked in writing and producing, most notably doing producing work on 99 out of 100 episodes of Blindspot with Berlanti Television for NBC. So what worked? There was a lot of interweaving of plot threads in this one, and it kept things interesting. Bill's punch machine led into Pramesh's anger subplot, the wedding led into Matt trying to be a good date, and also the alcoholic subplot. So what's the problem with that, eh? 
The Pramesh and Bill subplots weren't all that great, but they were aided by being joined together, like I just said, in what worked. Probably the primary plot of Gary avoiding April is the plot I had the most trouble with. I'm having a hard time seeing them redeeming any of his major flaws in time before the show ends. So next time is the episode, Accidents Happen. And happy hunting! I don't think there's a blueberry festival in Fort McMurray, as far as I can tell. The nearest blueberry festival is down near Edmonton. Tonight, we're looking at Men With Brooms Episode 8, Accidents Happen, which originally aired 8th November 2010, which I'm told is Rest of the World Ease for November 8th, 2010. What is this a boot? Chris Cutter is returning to Long Bay to be honored by them naming the curling club after him. No, no, wait, just sheet four. Bill still has a problem with Cutter after the events of episode one and wants to make a show of his superiority via new sponsor jackets from Pramesh and Ronnie's Donut Shop. The jackets are in the store's colors, pink and orange. Meanwhile, at the plant, it's never been said outright, but they make furniture, they're at nearly one year accident-free, which would earn a barbecue, and Gary is paranoid that Matt will get injured. Does it curl? There's some curling. Little kids, sweeping away. I'll count it. That's clearly Canadian. They say Chris Cutter is doing well for himself in the oil patch. I tried looking up the term, and it seems that oil patch is generally used in Canada to denote the oil industry at large, though most of the industry is concentrated in the oil sands of Saskatchewan and Alberta, and farther north than the areas they pumped through the 80s. My favorite line. Here, take this. What is it? It's a painkiller from when I had my wisdom teeth out. I don't know if I should be taking other people's medication. Ow! Gary, I want my pasta bar. Pills make me woozy. Just take this old pill I found. Do it for safety. Well, sharpen the saws day. Must an alert. I can't see any adverse consequences. Hit me. Hmm. Who is? Siobhan Murphy plays April. She had been in credited screen roles for three years prior to landing the main cast role in Men With Brooms, including Canadian cop drama The Bridge and a main cast role in The Smart Woman Survival Guide. After Men With Brooms ended, she could be seen in small roles on Flashpoint, Rookie Blue, Degrassi The Next Generation, Orphan Black, and Schitt's Creek. She was also in the main cast of Nickelodeon show Max and Shred, and the main cast of Netflix holiday series Merry Happy Whatever. So what worked in this episode? Again, the pacing and multi-threading of plots was good, and there were enough funny lines that I had trouble picking a short clip for my favorite. So what's the problem with that, eh? Well, it had enough going on that it really felt like it was two episodes that were grafted together, and while things threaded together, they really didn't come together until the climax of the episode. So next time is another episode that's on the DVD in different than broadcast order, but I'm sticking with DVD order and watching How They Got Here. Happy hunting! Man, Chris Cutter turned into a bit of a jerk, eh? Today, we're looking at Men With Brooms, Episode 9, which originally aired out of the sequence presented on the DVD on December 13th, 2010. What is this a boot? This story is, hey, less than five seconds in, and that's already comedy legend Colin Mockery? Uh, Colin Mockery spends a good part of the episode pretending to play flamenco guitar, but he also plays Gary's estranged father, who left his family when Gary was ten. 
Gary continues to get close to April and then utterly fail to stay there. Tannis and Matt argue over lost goods, and Bill and Pramesh cruise in Pramesh's Fiero. Does it curl? Yep. Gary practices his curling, and his dad gives him a small tip that apparently makes it so that Gary puts one right on the button. That's clearly Canadian. I'm actually kind of at a loss this time. There really wasn't anything except Colin freaking mockery. My favorite lines. All right, let's get a rolling. Hey, my car's not a girl, it's a man. Can't be a man, cars are girls. Knight Rider's car was a man. Just had a man's voice, it was a girl. You're telling me that car was a girl? The character the car played was a man. The car was a girl. That show was more complicated than I thought. Dogs are boys, cats, boats, and cars are girls. Come back later, I'm making muffins. Oh yeah? Tough luck, lady. Can't stop the lone wolf. Okay. Am I the lone wolf or are you? We are together. We're each half a wolf. We're a wolf! Who is? Okay, as tempting as it is to do Colin Mockery, I figure he's well enough known to pass him by. I'm looking at William Vaughn as Matt. I've apparently seen William in Supernatural in Season 6's Episode 13, Unforgiven. It's a Campbell episode. I kind of remember the episode, but have no memory of his role in it. He'll apparently be in a season 15 episode, but I didn't dig any further into that. He's also been on Caprica, Smallville, Arrow, Almost Human, The Tomorrow People, and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and that's the Elijah Wood one, not the Stephen Mangan one. What worked? It wrapped up fantastically well. It really felt like it could have been the season and therefore series finale. As I said before, the network aired this one later, in point of fact, as the series finale. And without having seen the rest of the episodes, it's possible they were right? So what's the problem with that, eh? Again, they were multi-threading the stories, and that has typically gone well for them. But this time it was also moving backward and forward through the timeline as well, and the repeats felt a little unnecessarily frequent. Next time, we're looking at the episode Love Smells funny. No, I'm not adding weird pauses. There are commas. Love, comma, smells, comma, funny. Happy hunting! Boy, those Canadian actors sure work on a lot of shows, huh? And there's a lot of Christmas content, too. Today's episode is Men with Brooms, episode 10, Love, Smells, Funny. What is this a boot? Okay, you're really asking for it when you lead off your episode with... Oh my god, I'm not funny. They're just asking for trouble there. At the workplace, a performance review has Gary rated a 1 on the new humor metric, and he tries to convince everyone he's actually funnier than that. Bill smells something funny at the curling club, and Tannis doesn't know what he's talking about. Ronnie realizes that she and Pramesh have decided to forego gifts for most occasions with the exception of their wedding anniversary. But she unfortunately thought they had decided to forego anniversary gifts and is left scrambling to find the perfect last-minute present. Does it curl? Barely. They got some time on the ice, and there was a house pun. That's clearly Canadian. Well, there is Canadian paper money on screen when Ronnie hands Gary a $20 bill. Canadian monetary notes have different colors. Only the 20 is green. The bills in circulation at the time of filming were the Canadian Journey series, which replaced the Birds of Canada series beginning in 2001, 
and they were the last more ordinary paper bills. Nowadays, Canadian banknotes are printed on an advanced polymer and feel more plasticky than paper. The 20 Gary is holding has Queen Elizabeth II on the obverse side that faces him, and a representative image of carved art by Bill Reed of the Haida people on the coastal Pacific region of Canada on the reverse side facing camera. I think they used a real 20 in the shot. There has been an entire Frontier series of Canadian bills since this aired, and they are transitioning into a new series at present, with only the newest $10 bill released so far. The new 20 will have King Charles III on the obverse. My favorite lines. Where are you going? I'm taking the girls to the arts fair, remember? I'll take them. I'd like to run an errand anyway. <laughs> it's the father-daughter arts fair. F off! <laughs> the ads are everywhere. F off! Long Bay's most delightful father-daughter arts fair. Arts and crafts, crafts and arts. D's bring your F's, F's bring your D's. It's F Who is? I'm definitely getting to Pramesh, but this is the final episode of Jennifer Dale as Joan the Boss, so we'll look at her today. She's been working in Canadian film and television since the late 70s. She has worked steadily in many guest spots on Canadian or Canada-shot television series. One early role I noted was on Seeing Things, though that is an uncredited role as a stripper, according to IMDb. I also noticed shows like Philip Marlowe, Private Eye, the Hitcher, Forever Night, Due South, Monk, Suits, Schitt's Creek, and Saving Hope. Most recently, she had a recurring role on Coroner. What worked? I liked that they reversed Ronnie and Pramesh, where Pramesh had it all together and Ronnie was left scrambling as far as the anniversary was concerned. So, what's the problem with that, eh? Well, it was another multi-threaded episode, and this time a multi-threaded title. Honestly, between all the graphically enhanced cutaways to Gary's on-off switch of personality, it felt like they were just throwing things out there to see what stuck. Very little did. And I did note that in the DVD ordering of episodes, this seems like another step back in Gary and April's relationship. The CBC order still seems better at this point. Next time, we're looking at The X Factor, with that X being an E-X. Happy hunting! When I go over the Richard I. Bong Memorial Bridge here in Duluth with Google Maps navigation turned on, it calls it the Richard I. Bong Memorial Bridge. Let's look at Men with Brooms, Episode 11, The X Factor. That is E-X. What is this about? Gary finds he's jealous after an old friend sends April flowers. Tannis agrees to be gym buddies with Ronnie. Bill thinks he'd be a better skip for the curling team than Gary, who is distracted by his relationship issues. Does it curl? There's some curling and a couple instances of Matt and Gary failing to curl. My favorite lines. Who died and made you skip anyway? Brian, remember? Hurry, hurry! Make Gary skip! At least he died doing what he loved. Having a heart attack? Who is? Anand Rajaram plays Pramesh. Anand has been active in performance in Canada for many years. After earning a BA in theater from the University of Waterloo, he was a member of a clowning-based dance theater company called Corpus, where he's developed several new shows. He's done puppeteering work, mime work, and was a member of Second City. 
Anand has had a lot of voice and live-action work for kids' shows, like The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that, Odd Squad, Terrific Trucks, and Go Dog Go, for which he was nominated for an ACTRA Award. He's also performed in shows like Relic Hunter, Suits, and Warehouse 13. What worked? It was a pretty middle-of-the-road episode, nothing egregiously bad, but certainly not one that'll make you renew a television series, I suppose. I guess in the CBC broadcast order, it does a good job of bringing Gary and April closer together. So what's the problem with that, eh? First off, Jamie was an old friend who sent her flowers because he wanted a romantic relationship. Was the title from a previous draft? I don't see an X anywhere in the episode. Meanwhile, clearly this episode is weirdly placed after how they got here. I'm actually wondering why these are in the order they are on the DVD. I'm actually beginning to wonder about the E1 Entertainment DVD company. Have you guys kissed? No. Clearly this should go before the episode where they kiss. Next time is the last episode of Men With Brooms, at least in the order on this DVD set, Space Wars, which I can only assume has a plot centering around parking. Happy hunting! Is outfoost really a term that's used? Today we look at the final episode of Men With Brooms on this disc... And I think at this point, there's little doubt they put them in an odd order on the DVDs, but aired them as intended. There's pretty much no behind-the-scenes about these decisions. It's certainly a bit more niche than other shows with weird airing orders, so there's not a lot of info out there. It sure isn't Firefly. This is Episode 12, Space Wars. What is this a boot? Pramesh hasn't been showing up for curling lately, and Gary investigates why. Bill decides that he needs a bouncer at the curling club, and Matt offers up his services. April talks nostalgically about open mic nights at a cafe in her old hometown, and Ronnie decides to begin hosting open mic nights at the donut shop. Does it curl? Sure, there's curling. And cosmic curling. Which is apparently a bad idea. My favorite lines. You're a hobby jumper, Pramesh. You jump from hobby to hobby faster than Qbert on a hot tin roof. Who is? Kelly Macon directed this episode, along with Favor Math, Accidents Happen, and Love Smells Funny. Kelly has done a lot of directing over his career. Early on, he directed 30 episodes of film content for the original Kids in the Hall series, as well as directing the Kids in the Hall movie Brain Candy. He directed the film Mickey Blue Eyes and 11 episodes of Queer as Folk. He directed the Kids in the Hall miniseries Death Comes to Town and two episodes of Being Erica in the same year that he directed for Men with Brooms. More recently, he's directed episodes of Being Human, Bitten, Vikings, Shadowhunters, Frontier, Digstown, and most recently, all the episodes of the new series of Kids in the Hall for Amazon Prime. What worked? It's another middle-of-the-road episode, and nothing in it has to do with the Gary-April relationship. Considering how much of the series tends to feature them, I'm not sure if that's a plus or a minus. So what's the problem with that, eh? Another episode with a title I'm not sure about what it means, Space Wars? Is that about the cosmic curling? Not sure. And really, middle-of-the-road is not exactly what you want in the what worked part. Where I first included it, is it? So next time, we'll see if I can squeeze a whole episode out of the bloopers and webisodes content of this DVD set, plus my closing thoughts on the series. Until then, happy hunting! Is it easier to clear Brian Adams' music rights on a Canadian show? Today could 
wind up being short. I'm writing this info ahead of checking out the content because I've read a lot of Amazon reviews about this DVD set. If you haven't noticed for yourself, there seems to be a trend toward blended reviews on Amazon where a product winds up with all the reviews for the products from the company. For this Men With Broom set, we have reviews that caution there are only three episodes present, and then reviews that state that there were 30 episodes produced, and why won't they release the second half of the season? There is no question there were only 12 episodes of Men With Brooms. This is all relevant because for this final episode of Dog Days, I'm looking at the bloopers and webisodes content. One review praises the webisodes as animated short stories. In my experience, webisodes can describe anything from original short-form stories to repackaged scenes from the show. So, I'm hoping for original content, and animation would be a happy bonus. If it's neither, this will be a short episode, because I will just report it's a repackage. But first, I'm going to check out the bloopers. And I'm back from the bloopers. About ten minutes of breaking character, giggling and mugging, along with a few physical errors... I was hoping there'd be a fantastic blown line or something to include in the audio here, but alas, that was not available. So time to find out the true nature of the webisodes. And I'm back again. So the webisodes were little animated shorts, roughly a minute and a half to two minutes each. A bunch of them were completely about curling. I suppose as advertisements for the main series, that's a fail, or at least a bait and switch. The last one at the beep, was about making a voicemail greeting. And, of course, The Rockford Files starts out every episode with Rockford's answering machine greeting. Am I living in a simulation? Does it curl? The webisodes are very curling-heavy compared to the main series, like my favorite line. What do you have planned for the shot? Well, I was... Uh... What would you do? Okay, the ice is pretty swingy. If you can make it through that portal with peel weight, you might be able to hit and roll off that biter and take out a counter or two. Mm, yeah, I could do that with the, the biter. You have a better shot? Well, maybe I'll glide jam past the, the rook and into the bishop. That's chess. Well, I believe that wraps up all the Men With Brooms content that has been made, so I suppose I should do this one more time. What worked? They didn't just make a 12-episode remake of the plot of the movie, though I think that kind of thing sort of fell out of favor after the 80s. Also, they didn't just put together a new cast of the same character archetypes matching the movie. It was funny in many places. So, what's the problem with that, eh? They took a sports comedy and turned it into a workplace sitcom, with a main workplace that wasn't even in the curling club. It really felt like someone had the series in mind, then grafted in the curling so they could use the title. Aside from the meat spiel to kick it all off and the vote for Skip, I'm not sure if any of these guys really care about curling all that much. Perhaps they thought a traditional will-they-won't-they plot is tired, and they may be right. Will Gary screw up his latest chances with April felt like a poor substitute. Enough of the comedy was meh that I'm not surprised this was a one-and-done series, but they did wrap it all up in a nice way, in the airing order at least. And that wraps up Dog Days of Podcasting 2023 in a nice way, I suppose. Next time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be Gravity Falls, and meanwhile I'll be figuring out what series to put in this slot, and looking to find my way back into the world of actual RSS feed podcasting. So, I guess I wish you, and myself, happy hunting! 
You've been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast produced by Paul Mackey in association with Nimlas Studios. Any short clips of audio from shows is included under fair use for commentary purposes and copyright for that content remains with its original copyright holders. The theme song is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by his generous permission. One Idget's Thoughts is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can find more episodes of this podcast and many other fine podcasts at nimlas.org. You can contact me by emailing idgetcastpodcast at gmail.com or commenting on episodes at nimlas.org. In my experience, webisodes can show anything from short form co- stories. In my experience, webisodes can describe anything from short. Er, in my experience, in my experience, webisodes can describe anything from original short form stories to reprac. In my experience, webisodes can. Sh- in my experience, webisodes can describe anything from short. See, I got some bloopers in after all.